Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order, and then we talk about them so that you don't have to. My name is Steve. I am your host. Joining me, as always, is the biggest football fan I know, Hannah Martin, recording here on Super Bowl Sunday. I couldn't believe it. You took time out of your busy Super Bowl schedule. You know, someone's got to do it. (laughs) I didn't even know who was playing until this morning. (laughs) Me neither. I was talking to my dad on the phone while I was walking to the gym, and I was like, okay, so I know that the Kansas City Chiefs are playing. Who's the other team? And he said the 49ers. I said, oh, and and where do they play? (laughs) (laughs) On the moon. (laughs) Ooh. I mean, I would watch football if uh, absolutely. If think that about was how thing. far they could throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about the Super Bowl. We're here to talk about this week's movie, which is Guarding Tess, a 1994 football, not a football not a guard. football movie either. <laughs> uh, 1994 comedy, I guess, starring Nicolas Cage, of course, and it Shirley. It is described McLean. on Google as a thriller slash comedy of matters. Would you think this is thrilling in any way? No, there's it gets really out of hand in the last, I don't know, 30 minutes or so of the movie, which we'll discuss in a second. But I wouldn't call this a thriller. I would barely call this a comedy. Comedy of manners. Comedy of manners. <laughs> Nicolas Cage plays a Secret Service agent who's tasked with guarding a former first lady, a former widowed first lady who he can't stand. That's just very brief plot overview. Do you have the ratings of the I, movie? Of course I do. Oh, what, what you got? What else would I be here for? <laughs> <laughs> so it has a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb and not a bad. 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Eh, okay, 57 is not great. Yeah, no. <laughs> They say a lot that for certain comedies, you can't really trust the Rotten Tomatoes score because everybody feels like, ooh, comedies aren't... This isn't a comedy. It's not a real comedy, though. So (laughs) I kind of agree with a 57. It's really just a black movie. It's really nothing. I have a feeling that it's going to similarly be placed in our own ranking. Yeah, it'll be somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. Not bad, not great. And these are the types of movies that are going to really drive us nuts. Like, can you name any detail from The Cotton Club? Or no. Amos and Andrew. Like, no, I just... Unfortunately, yes. Because <laughs> that one was a little bit more recent. But give us a few weeks. Yeah. And we're not going to remember what happened in Amos and Andrew or the, or the Cotton Club. I was I'll just looking at the list. the blackface in Amos and Andrew. There was blackface? See? I remember that. Oh, my God, there was. Okay, yeah, go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> Anywho, so... Forgettable. Yeah, absolutely. So our first kind of major segment of the show, if you're a new listener, is that Hannah likes to reveal some behind-the-scenes stories or maybe a little bit of a story about where Nicolas Cage is at in his life at the point of filming this, which we figured it was filmed in 1992. That was a date that kind of flashed up on the screen when watching the movie. By the way, this movie is available on YouTube. Uh, Not sure if it's legal or not, but it's on YouTube, so somebody might take it down soon. But yeah, anyway. after hearing us talk about this. Uh, yeah, our, our very successful podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what do you got for us, Han? Yeah, so much like we were saying that this movie is unforgettable, I think that Google has also forgotten about this movie, <laughs> so there's really not too much out there. Okay. Nick Cage is in another movie in 94, and I believe there's more on that, mm-hmm. so I think that should be the next movie we watch. It could happen to you? That one. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 
there's more on that. So any article that came out in 94, other than the one that I'm about to talk about, will be uh, presented next episode. Mm, okay. Uh, let's see. Yes. <laughs> I can see the picture on your screen so from that here. Is the That's cover. incredible. That is the cover on Interview Magazine, 1994. Can you describe how? Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll give it a... I'll give it to you. So yeah, you, you can hold it from there. I can describe it. Can but you see it? Yeah. But so Nicolas Cage, oh my God, he's got his incredibly thick, dark chest hair poking <laughs> out of the most 90s shirt and jacket combination I've ever seen. It's like a bright pink and yellow and purple shirt underneath a beige jacket. Or that might even be like part of the jacket. Blazer, yeah. And then he's got this horrible, horrific goatee. And he's just got a pretty normal pose and a normal smile, although he is giving a thumbs up, it seems. No, and it's a fist. Yeah, but is that his thumb? No. Oh, that's just part of the jacket. Anyway, <laughs> so he's given a fist, like a fist pump. Yeah, all right, I'm great. And the word interview for Interview Magazine is hiding his horrible hairline, so that's also good. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened in this magazine? Or this well, I interview? just want to talk a little bit more about the cover. Okay, so... <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> So one of the sublines on the cover says no cage for Nick Cage. Oh my god. <laughs> how do they spell it? With a C or a CK? C. Damn. All right. So we we flipped a coin on how to spell it when we started this podcast and I guess we got wrong. We I got feel like wrong. we should talk about that a little. Yeah. I, it, Steve wanted just the C, but I felt that when you are spelling it all out in one word, I know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Mm. It would look really awkward if there was no K to break up the N-I-C-C-A-G-E. Mm-hmm. So we do recognize that we're probably spelling his name wrong, which is why recently we've likely only been using his full name, Nicholas. Yeah. In the in the uh, episode descriptions. So right. if people go looking for something related to Nicholas Cage, exactly. they can find us. So we're aware. No one's ever said anything to me about it. But no, they wouldn't. No, of yeah. course not. But now you know. They wouldn't dare mess with you, Hannah Martin. and it says it's a knockout not sure what that's referring to well is he still in sex symbol status probably not yeah i I would say so you think he is yeah wow gross probably probably until the late 90s okay could see it because in 95 he gets married to patricia arquette Mm. All right, all right. Which is coming up. It's coming up. That's. I've got a crazy story to tell. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I didn't do and any research. He stole the son that we forgot about. Oh yeah, how old's his son at this <laughs> like point? Five. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> He's a musician. Not back then. Now. His son. Yeah. Yeah. So, an excerpt from this uh, cover story. Mm-hmm. Not relating to any of the movies that he's been in, but more relating to Nick's childhood. Ooh. So the interviewer said, as a kid, did you pe- did you beat people up or did you get beaten up? <laughs> I'm Nick's, excited to hear the answer. Nick said, no, I don't beat people up. I went to a fairly tough school and I think the first time I ever really discovered acting was when I had to disguise myself as somebody else in order to scare the bullies away. I've never felt like I was the tough guy. I remember I went home, I put on my brother's cowboy boots, put some gum in my mouth, sunglasses on, got on the bus, and said, I'm Nikki's cousin, and if you mess with him again, I'm going to kick your ass. They really believed it, and they never touched me again after that. I think the fact that I was able to convince somebody that I could be tough, even though I wasn't, made me feel that I was born to act. So that's that. My 
head is literally in my hands. I don't know what to say. <laughs> imagine. Imagine. So, okay. He's like nine when he did this. When you were that age, you were probably gullible, sure. But would you ever, ever see your classmate in a cowboy hat and cowboy boots and just assume he's somebody else? Sunglasses. Sunglasses. That's the key. And chewing gum. Right. I don't care the gum how and great the, of an the actor gum and the you are. sunglasses are the key. That can make any man look like someone else. I don't care how great of an actor you are. No, no. The answer is no, Steve. No, no. That's. He no. didn't say if the bullies believed him. He oh, said yeah, he did. He did say did. the bullies. You believed just read him. that. Jeez. Oh my God. Also, he borrowed all that stuff from his brother, Chris. Chris, likely. oh, you want to share? Oh, yeah. So uh, I want to shout out to my buddy, Pat, who uh, is a regular listener of the podcast. And he pointed out that, I forget the name of the show, but it's one of those shows on Animal Planet. But Chris Coppola was featured in an episode of, it's called like My Crazy Cat or something like that. I have to find my phone. Cats 101. So he was on an episode of Cats 101 where... Chris Coppola revealed that he straps his cat into his motorcycle and r- rides around the countryside with his cat. And that's what inspired Nick Cage to get a cat, which he feels a brother-like connection to. After they both got high on shrooms together. Also, from that story that we revealed a few episodes back, he said he's never felt like he's had more of a brother than he did with that cat. And he has an actual brother. Yep. What a douche. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. So not much more on Nick. There is a, uh, in the movie, a a bit of an Easter egg for the future. In this movie? Yeah. Oh. So I don't know if it's a real Easter egg, but it's an Easter egg in my eyes. Okay. Where Nick Cage is on the phone with the president of the United States. Yes. And they call uh, Shirley MacLaine, the former first lady that Nick Cage is uh, protecting, a national treasure. Oh, wow. A little foreshadowing. I love that. Okay. All right. I like that. And then the last thing I will say is this movie is supposed to take place in Somerset, Ohio. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I think it's a suburb of Columbus. Yes, it sounded like it. I mentioned that I thought it looked like Bucks County, but it kind of just looked to me like anywhere on the eastern half of this country. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was filmed in a suburb of Baltimore. Oh. And apparently it was incredibly obvious. Really? To, yeah. Like if you're familiar with, with the Maryland. Area. Gotcha. <laughs> you would have seen it and been like, what the fuck? This is in Ohio. Like who are they trying to kid? Right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So there was an article in the Baltimore Sun, <laughs> and it said that even Sherlock Holmes would have a tough time uncovering the local flavor and guarding tests, although the lion's share of it was filmed in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> That's so specific. I love that. Yeah. I, we've had maybe another story or two where a local newspaper will like throw up their arms and be like, I can't believe they're pretending this is Las Vegas or something. Right. And it's like, yeah. who cares, man? <laughs> So, uh, any other background behind the Somersville, scenes? not Somerset. My bad. Oh, I thought it was Somerset, but okay. I believe you. Okay. Any other uh, background information that you feel we should know before diving into this movie Nick Cage scene by Nick uh, Cage scene? Not really. I mean, 
I couldn't find much on whether Nick Cage got along with everyone on the set. Mm. That's usually something that I try to look for. There's really no accounts of one way or the other. Yeah. Okay. I mostly looked up to see if Shirley MacLaine and Nick Cage got along, and I couldn't really find anything. Yeah. So he didn't do any press for this. I think it was released in, like, South Korea first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So So there's that. (laughs) Yeah, initial release, April 30th, 94 parentheses south korea weird <laughs> we watched another movie from south korea yeah this we, yeah it's oscar season so we're trying to watch as many of the oscar movies as we can we just watched parasite highly recommend it's a south korean film so if you're okay with subtitles i highly recommend that movie but nick cage does not make an appearance in parasite unfortunately fortunately yeah well fortunately <laughs> or unfortunately depending on how you look at it <laughs> all right all right we've gone on enough about nothing okay it's time to get to the plot (laughs) all right there are a lot of quick scenes in the plot so i will try to skip over a few of them but so we're gonna go through the movie and the movie opens with nick cage and he's walking through this house and we we find of course it's shirley mclean's house she's the the widowed former first lady as we mentioned and um he's delivering breakfast to her and he's like hey i just want to say goodbye it's my last day so he's saying goodbye to everybody. It's his last day. He gets on an airplane, and the stewardess hands him a, a Bloody Mary, and he has this really kind of creepy smile to himself. Mm-hmm. He's really happy to be leaving. Moving on to a new chapter. Exactly. So he arrives at this uh, uh, Secret Service Agency office, and he's going to see the director, and he's like, I want a new assignment. And he was really adamant that he didn't want to go back to the president's office because you're kind of locked into it for three years. It's really high energy. It's it's high tension, that kind of thing. High he, risk. High risk, exactly. So he didn't want to go back to the president's office, but the director said, listen, the president called me and Tess, guard, of guarding Tess fame, <laughs> Shirley MacLaine, <laughs> she recommended you specifically go back to her for the next couple of years or whatever. So... There was also in this scene a really weird coffee interaction that didn't need to happen. The director calls in his secretary and he's like, Joan, get me a coffee. And, yes, sir. And it's like, why Why did you need to show a scene of this guy just like demanding a coffee from his secretary? That happened in the early 90s. I guess, yeah. But then it also gave him, like it was written. So- Not meaning that people asked for coffee in the early 90s, <laughs> meaning that that type of scene, I think I've... Yeah. Is relatively common in movies from that era. Right. Like, and it's not an uncommon thing for a boss to ask their secretary for a cup of coffee. He also could have shouted it. Maybe the woman who played the secretary. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, maybe the director owed her a favor. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, why did that need to be a part of the scene at all? I don't know. Why did she matter. come in? It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, like, it was just so odd that. They kept that in. It, yeah, it was it was weird enough that it stood out to us. Yeah, exactly. And I think we mentioned it last week. It's weird because we're kind of average movie watchers. We don't, you know, we're not critics by any means except for this. And especially when we're watching these movies, we will pay worlds more attention to what Nick Cage is doing than what anyone else is doing in the scene. And the fact that that stood out to us kind of means that it was a bit out of place. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that was weird. But any, so we find out Nick Cage, he can't really escape it. He goes back to Shirley MacLaine's house and he's going to bring her breakfast again. And we get our first scream. It's not going to be the best scream. But he just yells, Breakfast! We, we, we also, this is the first time we actually see Shirley MacLaine. And because we watched the YouTube version, it was kind of grainy. And we were like, 
you know, that's not her. I don't, I don't think that's her. <laughs> and, and because we knew going in that this movie was supposed to be a comedy. And we're like, this woman isn't funny. She's a crotchety old bitch. <laughs> and also, you know, Nick's like, oh, he might get a new assignment. He might not stick around this house. We don't know if it's actually her, but it was. And I would describe her as cantankerous. Cantankerous. She's a cantankerous old bitch. <laughs> you know, we find out that they have this conversation, He and Nick Cage and Shirley MacLaine. We find out that he's the special agent in charge and the president's uh, requested specifically that he go back and, and guard her. And she says something along the lines of like, because she's a hermit, she never leaves her room, she never leaves the house. She says something along the lines of, you know, we're either going to the opera or I've got an inoperable brain tumor. One of those is a lie. Like, you guess which one. And it was something along the lines of, like, this is the worst job I've ever had. You never leave the room. And she's like, well, I've either got a tumor. She's like, I'll tell you two truths and a lie yeah, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, super weird. Three, two lies and a truth, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, so she does have a tumor. We'll we'll find out soon enough. So Nick Cage leaves her bedroom and goes downstairs to where all the other Secret Service agents are hanging out and talking. Then they see on the TV that somebody took a shot at the president. So all of the Secret Service agents in Washington are like... Freaking out. They're freaking out. They're, they're going into a strategic formation. And meanwhile, these guys are just kind of sitting around doing nothing. So, and it's at this time that Shirley MacLaine calls downstairs to send Nick Cage back up. And Nick Cage is like, I, I was just up there. I want to watch this thing on the TV. Give, tell her 15 minutes. So she says 15 minutes. The, you know, the, whoever's on the phone says, okay, I'll be up in 15 minutes. And then these loud, crazy alarms start going off, presumably because Shirley MacLaine was like, you didn't respond to my call because she's at a crotchety old I, bitch. At first, I assumed it was because of what was going on in Washington. Mm. Oh, yeah, I could see it that. It was like an alert to all Secret Service to go on lockdown or something i don't know procedure right. yeah well this is where we get our first really good scream because <laughs> because he says this which i wrote down which is odd what is she chocolate some kind of goddamn food drink or something what do we look like waiters are we a bunch of waiters we want to be down there and he screams down there at the tv it just for no reason i mean i guess there's alarms going off so he could scream but that down there really really hit through so they all go up to the room thinking there's some sort of emergency. And she's like, no, there's no emergency. I want to go golfing. And, and they're like, like, it's 38 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. They're like, it's December. It's 38 degrees outside. We're not going golfing. She's like, well, I'm the boss, whatever. So it's 30. They go golfing and Nick Cage at the golf course. And then at the next scene at the diner where he's at a diner with just a bunch of his buddies after they go golfing, he's like, that's it. He says to his buddies and to Shirley MacLaine, I'm a secret service agent. I'm not a gopher. I'm not a secretary. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go get a ball for you. I'm not going to, you know, make you dinner or something. I'm, I'm, I'm here to protect I'm you. here to protect you. So he's at the diner and he gets a call from the president of the United States who immediately is like, how dare you talk to her that way? I can't believe you like, I can't believe I'm the president of the goddamn country and I got to get on the phone and talk to you about some old woman. And So the voice of the president was the writer and director of this movie. I did see that. That's the one little factoid I saw. Yeah. Which is... Not a famous director. No, no. Just a director. He's done some movies that maybe I've heard of before, like Blast from the Past. 
Hmm. There was one movie called Burglary or Burglar with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that was really all I saw. Is that also a comedy of manners? It's probably a comedy of manners, which is to say that there's one funny scene and the rest is just a fine movie. There was one funny scene. There was one funny scene. <laughs> we'll get to that shortly. So anyway, the president is up Nick Cage's ass is basically what, what happens there. So they get back to the house and he's sad boy Nicky. He's looking off and this is, they're playing, is it Mozart or something? Yeah. And maybe this is a good time to talk about this guy. So what is the uncle's name in Harry Potter? Oh, it's uh, Vernon Dursley. Vernon Dursley. <laughs> and I forget that the guy's name is Richard Griffiths, I think. The big guy, the big heavyset guy. He plays the nurse of Shirley MacLaine. Not revealed throughout the entire movie until maybe he's the just end. this British man in her home. <laughs> and we were like, he's definitely written to be this funny guy. They're like, oh, I'm going to write this really funny guy. And then we're like, we got Richard Griffiths to play the funny guy. But I don't think, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's kind of funny. He's not a comedian. He's not a comedian in at least, you know, he's funny enough in Harry Potter. It's not like them hiring Chris Farley to play this character. <laughs> that is an amazing point. They probably wrote the character for Chris Farley. And then he, did he die by then? By 94? Probably. He either, he either died or wouldn't do it because this movie's not good. And that's probably what it was. So they're playing Mozart and freaking Vernon Dursley is dancing around the house. And we're like, who are you? Why are you at the house? You can kind of point out who everybody else is. And you're like, all right, there's four Secret Service agents. Yeah, there's, there's a, a chef. guy in a chef hat. Right. <laughs> there's a woman who keeps writing things down. She's so she must be the secretary. <laughs> <laughs> who might have two names. We'll discuss that later. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a driver who we see in this scene because they're going out golfing. Or they're not going golfing. They're going to the opera. So there's this guy, Earl, and she wants to sit in the driver's side in the back. Well, first she wants to drive. I don't know if she actually wanted to drive or if... No, she went to the front. She went to the front. <laughs> yeah. She's like... trying to like just like test her limits, I think. And they're just like, no. So she comes, you know, wobbling out of the house. She's got a cane. Yeah. She's worse for wear. And she... Nick Cage is holding open the passenger side rear uh, door. Mm, yeah. <laughs> for her to get in. And she's yeah. like, mm, no. Mm. <laughs> I don't want it. And then just like walks around and tries to open the front door. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, no. So, yeah. So she gets in the back on, on the passenger on Nick Cage's side. And then she scoots over behind the driver. And Nick is like, all right, cut the engine. We're not leaving until you get on my side because that's the regulations from the secret, from the service agent. So that, you know, I guess a sniper can't take out both the driver and you at the same time. Or, you need to be in a seat where we can both turn around and see you kind of thing because the driver can't turn directly behind him while yeah, he's driving. They didn't driving. explain it, but it makes sense. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. So fine. It's a secret service thing. Like, It's reasonable. It's, it's reasonable. like, just sit there. Just sit there, you crotchety old bitch. What are you cantankerous old bitch? She's a, I think this is a, a prime <laughs> opportunity to introduce a new um, phrase. Or... It's sweeping the nation. Yeah. <laughs> So there was an this, acronym there that was this we've old, created. There's, there's this grumpy old bitch who lives down the street from us who <laughs> like tries to lecture us on when to put our trash cans out every week. And I hate her so much. she's the worst. But anyway, because we kept calling her a grumpy old bitch, we started calling her a gob, G-O-B. <laughs> <laughs> and so now whenever we want to talk about just old people that are annoying us in public, we just call them gobs. So <laughs> take that, use it if you want. 
Anyway, she's a gob in this movie. Shirley MacLaine. A former Karen turned gob. Yes. Yeah. As the kids would say, (laughs) Karens who will complain to managers over small, (laughs) trivial things. They grow up and become gobs. They become gobs. Grumpy old bitches. (laughs) The type who would say, get off my lawn. (laughs) So she's like, I don't want to sit in the sun on that side of it. And finally, they start taking off she sits in the proper seat whatever they get to the opera and they're in the box or the balcony and she starts falling asleep and snoring and she's up there sitting with nick cage and nick cage is like he sees people are watching her fall asleep at the opera so he decides okay maybe i'll try to scoot her behind this curtain and he the chair slips or he slips or something and she wakes up and screams in the middle of the opera and makes a big scene she gets all embarrassed and then she comes out of the bathroom on their way out of the opera and there's a bunch of people standing there in Columbus, Ohio, just applauding her for no reason. Just like, woo, you go, Shirley MacLaine. We she love you. The, that's like Michelle Obama coming out of the bathroom. Oh, all right. It's like Michelle Obama. In Illinois. I'm imagining like, I don't know. Some old, she's a crotch, she's a cantankerous old bitch. It doesn't matter. She's the former first lady. <laughs> and we do find out later on because we don't know until this scene that the first that the first lady and the president that was her husband were like really well received and and you know, pretty universally loved. Like they weren't. Uh, I think that if Barbara Bush came out, people would still have the same reaction, even though George Bush wasn't as loved as Barack Obama. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't hang around. <laughs> just like we just sat through an opera. Now you want me to sit here and wait for this old lady to take a dump? <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Fine. What are you gonna do? Hey, I saw the first lady across a room. Great. <laughs> It's fine. All right. One day, Jason Siegel was filming in Philadelphia yeah. a movie, and I saw him walking down the street, and Steve didn't notice. And I, like, quickly, it was just like, Steve, Steve, look, it's Jason Siegel. Yeah. And we followed him. We did follow him because <laughs> he was, okay. Yeah. That sounds bad. <laughs> but if I was like, oh, Jason Siegel's here, let's wait around. So that I could see him from across a room. I'm like, no. We happen to walk past him on the street. Whatever. Whatever. I think that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. That's what happens with this movie. We just don't care about anything anymore. <laughs> so Nick Cage is quickly at a hotel bar talking about how much he hates his life. Then they get back in the car on their way back home i guess from this opera the next day they stay overnight at the hotel and she Shirley mclean tells the driver to take off at a gas station so they're all at a gas station and everybody gets out of the car to do one thing or another and she tells the driver like take off just pedal to the metal get out of here i want some privacy or something and here's where we get nick's next best scream which is I want you to pull over right now, you hear me? God damn it! So he really screams that God damn it when he's on the phone with this driver, Earl, who turns out to be a complete asshole, this Earl guy. Anywho, she finally gets back to the house with the driver, and the driver comes into the room where all the Secret Service guys are, and Nick Cage just pushes him up against the locker like it's high school, and just starts yelling at him. He's kind of yelling indistinctly. 
I don't exactly know what he says. He's like, Cut! Oh, you know that? No, no, I don't know that. You don't know that. No, no I don't know that. Why don't you know that? Now, do you think if Earl mm-hmm. came back the next day in his brother's cowboy boots, <laughs> sunglasses, and some chewing gum, yeah, and told Nick Cage that he's his cousin, mm. do you think that that would have solved his bullying issue? Yeah, probably. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because how would you be able to recognize somebody that you've known for presumably years? You wouldn't if they're wearing sunglasses. Come on. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Please. That is the worst story. <laughs> God, that's going to stick in my head all day. You're welcome. Damn, thanks. So anyway, he's beating up... Nick Cage is just beating up this driver. And he goes up and, and tells Shirley MacLaine, like, hey, I'm firing Earl. And they're getting into an argument. And he says, this guy works for us. Well, it's a scream, actually. He says, he is a driver in the employ of the Secret Service. I can't do anything about the cook and the nurse. No, they work for you. But this guy works for us, and he's gone! And then Shirley MacLaine <laughs> responds with, what does she say? She's like, he works for me, and he's staying! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a really good back and forth there. So, he's like on his, Nick Cage storms out of the room, out of the Shirley MacLaine's bedroom, and he's like, by the way, you can refuse Secret Service if you want. You know, we don't have to be here. If you don't like us, we don't like you. Just let us leave. I'm surprised she didn't know that. Right. Well, he was saying, you do know that. You just like to have eight hunky men around you at all times or whatever he said. But later the president, like, or someone blames him for telling her that. Yeah. Well, so it's the very next scene, actually. So Nick Cage is, I guess, at his house. The only time we see him at his house. And he's taking a dump. (laughs) (laughs) What is with you? (laughs) He is. He's taking a dump. He's on the toilet, pants down. (laughs) And, and he's got it's the phone the with him. the second time you've used that specific <laughs> But he's got, his, he's got his phone with him in an era where it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be in the bathroom for a while. I better take the house phone with me. <laughs> so he's, he's there and the president calls him again. And he's like, president's just pissed. Oh, I can't believe she refused Secret Service agent. Where would she get an idea like that? And he's like, you get back there. You fix this. You hear because she's a national treasure, like you said. Hey. hey. So we be, we need to make sure she's protected. And also the president's really worried that if it were to get out that she's not protected, that because she's so well-loved, that the voters would say, oh, well, she also endorsed the president. So through political blah, 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 oh, it might ruin my chances for re-election because the voters like her so much and she likes me. I don't know. Whatever, it's stupid. So he goes back to the house, tries to get his way into the house. He can't get in. You know, nobody's letting him through the gates. And and they're just waiting for her to leave so that he can go and and talk to her. They follow her around for a bit and don't really quite get in touch with her. She's just, every time they do get in touch with her, she's like, ah, leave me alone. And then we find out that uh, Shirley MacLaine... They follow her to the hospital, right? Yes, they this follow. is when that happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. because I only write down Nick Cage scenes, I it's okay. They yeah. follow her to the hospital. They don't go inside, but we, as the audience, right. find out that Shirley MacLaine is going through a MRI or a CAT scan or something for her brain tumor. Right. Yeah. So and she hasn't told anyone about this. I assume that her nurse would know. Yes. <laughs> but later we find out that he doesn't. Right. This idiot <laughs> Vernon Dursley. <laughs> who's just like trying to make jokes that was another that was so right around this time as well it like they call the house and nick cage is like hey 
Vernon, I don't remember his name, but can you let us in the house? You know, I really want to talk to Shirley MacLaine. And he's like, we're holding, oh, we're holding her. her hostage. <laughs> well, here's Is that force foreshadowing. I guess. I don't know. So we'll, he's like, uh, we demand a hundred dollars in a helicopter. And it's like, it's supposed to be funny, but he just does not nail the timing <laughs> no. at all. He does not stick the landing. This guy. Anyhow, it just, he knows what? that that bothers me. What? Like she has a nurse and he gives her her medication every day and mm-hmm. he knows what she's taking. Mm-hmm. So presumably he knows her diagnosis. Yeah, well, she could have sworn him to secrecy, even if he does know the diagnosis. And Just be like, don't tell him. He pretended like he didn't know. Yeah. At the end. Anyway, continue. Yeah. yeah, so we find out that Shirley McLean's son is coming to visit in one of these scenes as well. And the son turns out to be a real asshole who's only using her to advance his business somehow. It's not really important. So the next scene that we see Nick Cage in is sort of a scene. She is lying in bed and kind of crying while she watches any videotapes that she can on her late husband so one of them is the funeral scene of of her husband's funeral and you kind of the cameraman zooms in on nick cage and you see him crying so i guess we find out that you know he was with the president before so i guess that's why shirley mclean likes him so much because he felt a strong connection to the president yeah i think he's been around for a while as well yeah so there's a no, the next part here is a, is a handful of scenes where <laughs> Shirley MacLaine sees Nick Cage out in his car, kind of staking out the house, still trying to find his way in to please the president. And she scares the shit out of him, and he spills coffee all over his pants. So they go in to have a cup of coffee, and instead they have a they have a drink like a, some sort of alcoholic beverage, where Shirley MacLaine reveals that the president had his quote indiscretions, I guess meaning affairs. So. They're really bonding, and then she's like, you know, hey, this drink is good. We should go out for another drink, and they go to a bar. So between outside in the car, and they're drinking at home, and they're out at the bar, and they're learning a lot about each other, we're like, they might kiss. They might do more than kiss. <laughs> and I know I said that they, this movie takes a turn in the last 30 minutes, and I it's hate not I hate to spoil it now, but it's, it's not. They don't kiss. They don't oh, bag. Man. But they really look like they might, they yeah. might hook up. Yeah. They might. I, we both said it multiple times. Several times. We were like, they're going to bang. They're going to kiss. They're going to bang. Out. <laughs> so they're bonding. I wrote down the words, might have sex. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be the first time in any movie where Nick Cage hooks up with someone that has no, like... No business, business hooking, up, hooking with. up with him. <laughs> you are absolutely right. So they go back to the house. I guess it's the next morning, so Secret Service is allowed back in the house, and they find out that the president is visiting the house because they're naming a, a wing of the White House or a library or something as being uh, honored in her late husband's name. So, you know, surely... The Mc- former president. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> we don't even know his name other than Carlisle. So... Shirley MacLaine is now, she's got kind of a pep in her step when she used to stay in her room all day. She's now walking around the house and she's... Getting things ready, yeah, making plans, yeah. taking names. Yeah, they, she goes to... She some, asks her nurse which outfit she should wear. And he's like... <laughs> he's like, that one. <laughs> and it's so funny. It's just not... Oh, is this when they go f- 
grocery shopping. Oh, yeah. So that's coming up. So there's kind of a quick montage, again, like Hannah said, of them getting ready for the president to come visit the house. And so they're at the house and they're kind of uh, laying out because he's Secret Service. He's laying out a full plan for how to protect the actual president. Then they're at a gun range real quick, just firing shots, getting ready. Then they go to the grocery store. And this grocery store scene is probably the only legitimately good scene in the movie. Funny scene. Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) there's a great exchange about Shirley MacLaine is with one of the Secret Service agents and picks up a can of peas. And she's like, how much are these? And he talks into his watch, "Uh, price check on the peas. (laughs) And Nick Cage is standing near the manager. He's like, price check on the peas. And he's like... Oh, it's they're two, two for fifty cents. Two for fifty. Two for fifty cents. It's like, well, how? And they just keep going back and forth on the watch. Like, how much is it if I just buy one over? How much if we just buy one? And then, and then it's like, yeah. And then she lo- walks away, and the Secret Service guy is like, uh, I think there's been an interest <laughs> lost in the peas. There's been an interest lost in the peas. Scrap the peas over. <laughs> like they just kind of go back and forth in the middle of this grocery store. So that was like the only. And as soon as she walked scene. in, the manager asked the Secret Service. He was oh, like. Yeah okay, are we supposed to recognize her today? Because this is probably just the local grocery store, yeah. store that she goes to a lot. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, she doesn't want to be recognized. So the manager goes from like cashier to cashier and he's like, you don't know her. You don't know her. <laughs> don't know her. You don't know her. <laughs> so they get back to the house. Shirley MacLaine's getting all dolled up and they get a fax. Of course, the president is not coming to the house Faxed. anymore. They couldn't yeah. have called them. <laughs> No. <laughs> so instead, they're sending the... Uh, Secretary of State? Secretary of Commerce. Oh. For some reason. Okay. Anyway. So Shirley McLean, she's still putting on a, you know, a happy face, and she gives her speech or whatever for the dedication of the wing or the library, whatever it is. But then she kind of gets sad again. She goes up in her room, calls up Nick Cage, and she goes, I want to I wanna go on a picnic tomorrow, and I want it to be just you and me. And again, Nick Cage is like, it's 20 degrees outside. It might snow. (laughs) Like, no. But I guess because he doesn't really know or nobody really knows that she's dying. So that's why she's trying to do all this stuff that reminds her of her husband, I guess. Presumably. They never explain it. But I don't think... I'm happy they don't. They don't need to, like, spoon feed it to me. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. So they she's on a picnic and what a setup she's got for this picnic she's got like an a full wooden table and chairs with and, a tablecloth and, and then like a, flowers yeah and... like a yellow rose and a vase in the middle of the table yeah yeah what a great setup so she falls asleep i guess i think that might be a condition of part of her brain of tumor. her brain tumor that makes sense because it's happened like three times now yeah that's true so she falls asleep and nick cage carries her to the car and we're like oh she's dead peacefully that's quite nice because we're getting closer to the end of the movie and she's not dead he just puts her in the car and then nick's like i'll go grab the chair that's still out there the last piece from the picnic and the driver earl earl this asshole who nick cage beat up yeah just takes off with the former first lady just takes off. So the first thing that we think is, oh my God, did she like fake falling asleep so that she yeah. can get more privacy again? Yeah. But no. So the yeah. camera goes inside the car and you see her like w- like suddenly wake up yeah. startled. He's kidnapping so her. So he's kidnapping her. Ah, oh, what a dick. Anyway, another really good scream here. Stop! Hey, Earl, stop! Yes! And he throws the chair on the ground, mm-hmm. which is really, f- it's, it's a really fun way that he throws the chair. <laughs> So, he like tries to karate chop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So I guess his best plan of action is that because they're down by some lake, he has to run to the nearest store to use a phone. I don't think he has a cell phone on him or it doesn't work or whatever. And, you know, he's calling around, hey, we we can't find Mrs. Carlisle or Shirley MacLaine. And uh, so they're like, all right, we got to call Washington. They head to the airport to receive a bunch of FBI and CIA guys. We thought it was Air Force One. But uh, so they're driving around. They're looking for her. They can't find her. The sheriff calls the house or calls the FBI guys or or the the Secret Service guys. And the sheriff tells them, listen, we found the driver. He's unconscious. Shirley MacLaine's missing. And the president, you know, they call the president and there's this whole setup in the house and everybody's going crazy because she's been kidnapped, not just from the driver, but then even beyond that. So they're quickly at the crime scene. There's not much that happens there, but they're back at the house and it's maybe the next morning. And the FBI guy says, well, the driver was knocked out. We found a syringe that was filled with these chemicals that, you know, would cause a grown man to be knocked unconscious for a day, which is exactly what happened. And there were these weird crescent-shaped burn marks. We think it's a branding by some Middle Eastern terrorist gang. And we're like, holy we shit. Like, yeah, we like, looked at each other. We were like, what? <laughs> and there was a note in the card demanding $15 million. And we're like, holy, f- where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> and so the FBI guy's like, listen, we're going to set up camp here. You Secret Service guys, like, we've got it from here. So just get out of here. And a lot of the Secret Service guys are like, oh, man, it just doesn't sound right. Could you imagine some Middle Eastern guys in Somerville, Ohio? People would notice that right away. And I was like, that's a little racist, but I see your point. (laughs) And so he's sad boy Nicky again. You know, we're still, this is all through the lens of, of Nick Cage. And he gets this idea. He's like, oh, wait a second. Do you think Shirley MacLaine would go down without a fight? What's the only weapon she has in the back seat of the car is a cigarette lighter. Maybe that's what the burns are from. So they decide to drive to the hospital to go check on Earl and kind of get his story again because he's awake. And so this is where the secretary he's not a suspect yet, though. Well, yeah, he should be because he right. took away, but he's not quite a suspect. But this is where just a side note before we get into this next scene with Earl, because this next scene with Earl is wild, but the secretary comes up to Nick Cage before they go <laughs> yeah. to the hospital. And he's like, oh, hey, Kimberly, we'll find her. Don't worry, we'll find her, Kimberly. And earlier in the movie, her name was Beverly. They called her Beverly multiple times. And maybe she has two secretaries or something. Or maybe we're it's just mixing the them same up. Woman. And then Nick proceeds to give her the most awkward hug I've ever seen a human <laughs> give another human. <laughs> he was just like, it was like, it was like he read an instruction manual on how to give a hug, and it was his first time doing it. <laughs> like, he just didn't... He put his arms out and, like, barely grasps, grasped her. Anyway, it was so awkward. He just didn't give her the opportunity to put her arms up to go <laughs> around him. Like, her arms were, like, glued to her sides, and he just, like, yanked her in. <laughs> it was so the most awkward thing. just being, like, suffocated by Nicolas Cage's arm. Absolutely. It was so weird. So... They get to the hospital, so it's just Nick and the FB, the F, the one FBI guy who I recognize from stuff. He's just a classic, that guy in that thing. I forget mm-hmm. his name. But so they're talking about the cigarette lighter. And wh- it's like, why are they so okay with Earl just being 
He's not like, detained. Not detained. Like, I just don't understand. He's like, oh man, I was knocked unconscious before they branded me. And it's like, hey man, you drove away with her while she was clearly asleep. So, are you looking up that guy from that thing? Yes. What's his name? James Reborn? He passed away. Oh, he died? Ah, oh, what is he known for? What What are his major credits? Because I know him from something. Independence Day? Uh, it's probably Independence Day. I forget who he plays, but that's probably what I'm thinking of. Albert? Nope. I feel like he plays a dad in a Disney show or something. Like, was he Phil of the Future's dad? No. Okay. <laughs> Is he Luck of the Irish's dad? No. <laughs> Hold on. He's Dr. Larry from Meet the Parents. Oh, he's the father-in-law from Meet the Parents. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So he's Dr. Bob's dad. Yes. In Meet the Parents. He's Dr. He's Dr. Dr. Bob's Larry. dad. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Now that we've gotten that straightened out, that's who this <laughs> FBI guy is who's at the hospital with Nick Cage. And they're, and, Earl. and they're interrogating Earl. And they're on their way out when Nick pulls his gun out, points it at Earl's head, and he just starts screaming at him, just saying, <laughs> I, I didn't write down. It was his, just like, tell me where she is. Yeah, but he's, you know got, where she is. he's got a string of screams, which I can insert here. Listen to me. Will you just listen to me? If he is involved, he is involved, then she knows it. And if she knows that her life is worthless, uh, you understand me? They have to fucking kill her. We don't have time to meet his lawyer, right, Earl? Oh, God, help me. Five. Four. No, no, three. Two. And we're just like, holy shit, this escalated quickly. <laughs> and he it's goes, like there's a terrorist organization. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, well, maybe they made up the story about the terrorist organization. But Nick Cage is pointing a gun at someone's face in a hospital. And then he goes... This is a comedy of manners. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a comedy. Ha ha ha. So funny. This is where the thriller comes the thriller part well, see, comes in. My side was still splitting from that <laughs> Vernon Dursley scene where he's like, We demand a hundred dollars in a helicopter. I was laughing so hard and tears streaming down my face that I barely saw what happened next. Oh, mine was <laughs> my stomach hurts from still from the peas. <laughs> From the the whole peas debacle. Oh my god! Yeah, we we have six <laughs> two pack. for fifty cents. I have like stitches. <laughs> I, we both have like eight pack abs from this movie. We're laughing so hard. <laughs> so, so what Nick Cage decides to do to interrogate this guy is not point the gun at his face, but instead say, "I'm going to start shooting off your toes until you tell me where she is." And we're like, "Okay, it's an it's interesting tactic." And then he does it. He, he straight up does shot it. shot off his toe. He shot a man's toe. <laughs> In a hospital. And meanwhile, the FBI guy is like, he might pull his gun, but he's just like, hey, man, don't do that. He's really calm with him. The whole I guess because he's, well, he's used to yeah. talking down maniacs. That's yeah. kind of his job. Yeah. And so Earl's just like, fine, we took her. It was my brother's idea. My brother, yeah. or my sister's idea. Yeah, my she brother-in-law, and yeah. Her, her husband. They wanted took, to kidnap her. And yeah. They took her to an abandoned farmhouse. Like, what? <laughs> why? I guess for money? Like, why, why would they think that would work? Well, we th- we talked about this after, and we thought yeah. that maybe because Nick Cage attacked him, yeah, that he, like, Earl went home and told his sister, and she was like, well, maybe they will believe that 
like maybe you can frame Nick Cage for this right. and they'll believe that, you know, he's out of control and None of this happened it, on screen, by no. the way. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's <all> speculation. speculation. <laughs> and like you said, you know, there are movies No, where, I appreciate they're yeah. not spoon feeding it to me. Right. And again, it's Oscar season, and we've been watching a lot of these movies, and we just watched Joker, and they really spoon-feed you at the end. They really do. For Joker. That's kind of the major complaint I have with the movie. But, anywho. So, they get to the farmhouse, <laughs> and and she's there, and they buried her. Very far down. They dug her a They like buried a her alive. And put, like, a big tube so that she like could PVC breathe. Like pipe. <laughs> and she's been underground for, like, 30 hours. I just... Unbelievable. There's a couple of good screams here, which I I just didn't expect this to happen. No. (laughs) There's a couple of good screams here, which I can edit in, but Nick Cage, of course, and and it's kind of justified screaming, but he says, you know, what did you do? And he says, somebody get a power saw, come on, move, so that they can saw her out of the hole that she's in. (laughs) And then, so she's alive somehow, and they get her in the chopper, to take her to a nearby hospital the choppers starts to lift off and then it touches back to the ground i assume she died or something and they were like ah never mind let's just bury her back (laughs) in that grave (laughs) that's already there (laughs) we've already got a grave why do we even need to bury another one why 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 go to work so terrible but somebody just shouts to nick cage and they're like she's awake she doesn't want to leave without you because you're bffs and you might have had sex once (laughs) but so they get in the chopper and again they're looking at each other really lovingly and i even wrote down here they're gonna bang and so she's finally feeling better she's in the hospital and the nurse or whatever not vernon dursley some other nurse (laughs) comes over and he's like hey you know it's hospital procedure you've got to get in the wheelchair in order for us to Give, you know let you out of the hospital and she's like i'm not doing that i'm gonna walk myself out and this was a crazy weird scene for me <laughs> I I, this. this scene kind of broke me a little but because nick cage he whistles really loud he does that two finger whistle thing that i, I wish can't i could do, do that yeah. yeah and he goes he says tess get in the goddamn chair and he pulls his sunglasses down to the brim of his... Ever so slightly, just, so you could see his eyes, his, you yeah. could see his pupils. He just brings it down to the tip of his nose. And then they pan over, the camera changes, and you see Tess, you see Shirley MacLaine. But you can still see his hand. <laughs> you can still see Nick Cage's hand in the corner of the screen. And Shirley MacLaine, she's doing her acting. You can see it, you know, she's going through her emotions and how she feels about getting in the chair and should she listen to Nick Cage or should should she stand her ground? But did you just say she's doing her acting? She's doing her acting. She's <laughs> but she's doing her acting for like almost a full minute and you still see Nick's hand in the bottom corner. So, so that just means that this man stood there yeah, with his, with his glasses hand. down holding his shades down to his tip of his nose for yeah, a minute for like a full minute <laughs> just like what psychopath in the middle of this hospital is doing this he, i mean he, he is a psychopath in the hospital he also shot someone's toe off yeah and i think there's an offhand scene about how like shirley mcclain's has like, a brain tumor right no but it's there's an offhand thing where shirley mcclain calls the president and she's like hey Oh, I you need gotta you to take care of him or Nick something. Cage yeah, and yeah, whatever. Yeah. So he doesn't go to jail. When do we find out she's a brain tumor? In the middle of the movie. We talked about it already. No, everyone. When does everyone find <gasps> out? Oh, um, it's when the FBI guy is like kind of debriefing and oh, the, okay. the Middle Eastern terrorists and yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, also, by the way, 
she has a brain tumor. Did any of you know? And Dursley doesn't say <laughs> like, Oh my god, what? And Nick Cage is like, oh my god, what? Even though I guess he knew. I don't know. I, I don't think know. he knew. But like, you know, she's doing all this stuff. Anyway. Like falling asleep. Yeah. And like going golfing in the winter because that's what her and her husband used to do or something. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever indeed. So that is the movie. The credits roll soon after that. <laughs> Very abruptly, right? Yeah. yeah. We were like, oh my God, okay, it's over. <laughs> and we just both looked at each other like, okay, fine. We watched that. We watched it. It's over now. So we'll jump into our next segment. Well, any uh, any other closing thoughts from the movie? Anything that you feel needs to be addressed? I don't know. I was disappointed. Like I wanted it, I wanted it to be a real comedy. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's also like these just okay movies are going to be the ones that are really tough for us. Like last week when we watched Deadfall, that was a garbage movie, but it was still we fun to it. watch. So fun to watch. And you know, we rewound it so many times. <laughs> mame. Mame. Awesome along, mame. <laughs> We've been saying that around the house, like just to each other. <laughs> but this, we're not going to quote ever again. There's nothing to There's quote. There's just nothing in this movie. It's just nothing. <laughs> it's, this is what's going to really drag us down. So the next thing we like to do is give out some Nick Cage awards. What were the best and worst moments of this movie? Yeah. Our first award is Best Supporting Actor. Do you give it to Shirley MacLaine? No. She was nominated for a Golden Globe for this movie. <laughs> for best, uh, support, best Supporting Actress in a Musical or Comedy. Something along those lines. Oh, man. Who do I give it to? <laughs> Vernon Dursley. <laughs> yeah. Earl... Or James Reborn or Reborn? Oh my god! I guess Charlie McLean. Yeah, I guess she, you know, plays it. Good. Plays a crotchety old bitch. Cantankerous. Shit. Cantankerous old bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, she was fine, I guess. And there, there was, there was no two to three inches of sweat on each person, which we awarded last week. There was two to three inches of snow on the ground for most of the scenes that she wanted to do outdoor activities. Yeah. Our next award we like to give out is best dressed, but he's really only got the one outfit unless you include when he's in a t-shirt and boxers sitting on the toilet. He's really only ever in his suit suit. with sunglasses. Yeah, I guess the sunglasses down on the bridge of his nose. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Specifically on the tip of his nose. Yeah, I like I like that. Okay, good. The worst Nick Cage scene. Probably like the first one where he knocks on the door and he's like, I have your breakfast. I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> like, yeah. And then when he gets on the plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that first couple of minutes and he just creepily smiles to himself. <laughs> okay. I'm fine with that. I don't think there's anything else that stands out that I'm like, ugh, that was annoying. Uh, the best Nick Cage scene of the movie I mean, we genuinely I think liked... one of one of the two interactions with Earl, either in the hospital or when he like attacks oh. him. Oh, yeah, I think it's the hospital. Yeah, I think I like that. Yeah, because <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. He just shoots a man's toes off. Why would you? That's crazy. crazy. That's insane. And he's like a pretty. Eh, I don't know how mild mannered he is. Yeah. He's just a normal guy. Yeah. He's trying to do his job. He's right. getting frustrated he's throughout not, the movie. He's not deadfall. <laughs> no. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, what is the... I, he, I gotta give it to him. He can play like a pretty diverse array of characters. He I kind guess. of plays all of them in a similar way. Yeah. Because he screams things that don't need to be screamed. He plays a, 
a soldier or a criminal in like 90% of the movies that we've seen so far. It's not his fault. He's just being cast for that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, What do you think was the best scream of the movie? Is it also in that scene? Yeah, let me see what I got here. So uh, let's see. So when he screams at the uh, television, we should be down there. No. Um, Earl, I want you to pull over right now. God damn it. No. Uh, this guy works for us and he's gone. And then Shirley McLean, Shirley McLean screams back. No. Let's see here. Uh, uh, when he first screams at Earl to stop when he goes to get the chair. Um, mm. Then there's that string of screams in the hospital that we just talked about. And then when they're in the farmhouse. What did mm. you do? Somebody get a power saw. Come on, move. Other, mm. other than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Trying to find the right pitch. <laughs> when he screams the countdown. Maybe. I want to go back and watch the other scene with Earl. Okay. Because I think that might be it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? It's hard to say. I just don't want to give it to the same scene. Yeah. If we don't want to give it to the same scene, then we can just give it to the first time that he beats up Earl. Okay. Yeah, just kind of move on, you yeah. know? There aren't a ton of great screams in this movie. Yeah. A lot of them are justified. Yeah. Okay, and then for those of you who are new to the podcast, we always award our last award, which is the most nouveau shamanic moment. Mm. Nouveau shamanic being mm. Nick Cage's own acting style that he coined himself, and he may write a book about one day. So what do you think was the most Nick Cage, the most nouveau shamanic moment? I have an idea, but I'm curious. I think curious. it's the chair. The chair? I was between the chair and the glasses. <laughs> Yeah, the chair. Okay. Because he karate chops the chair. Yeah, this is the scene. What happened? My mic stand made a noise anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is the scene when uh, Earl kidnaps yes. uh, Tess. After the picnic. After yeah. the picnic when Nick Cage goes back to get the chair after carrying her sleeping body to the car. <laughs> and he just attacks the chair. Well, yeah, out of frustration, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it's very cagey. Okay. That's that. That's that. So, next thing we need to do is rank this movie amongst the other Nick Cage movies we've okay. seen so far. Above Moonstruck. I mean, not above Moonstruck. Um, above uh, Cotton Club. Okay, Cotton Club is pretty much right in the middle at this point. It's sitting at number uh, 11, I believe, is the Cotton Club. So... What is 12? Peggy Sue got married. What is nine or Moons- ten? Moonstruck. Oh. Cotton Club is above Peggy Sue? Yeah, you hated Peggy Sue. Yeah, you still hate Peggy so Sue. He was so cagey in Peggy Sue. Was he, though? He was somebody else entirely in Peggy <laughs> Sue. <laughs> he true. did such a weird voice okay, in Peggy Sue. Okay, between Cotton Club and Moonstruck. Okay, so that would put it at number 11. Yeah. Okay, so not breaking the top 10. I think that's honestly right in the middle uh yeah number 11 and this is movie number 23 so it's fine yeah that makes sense okay i like that i'm comfortable with that i think and uh next week we are watching i think we already talked about it it's called it could happen to you all i've rom-com i think all i've seen is the poster and it's like he's a cop she's a waitress there's a lottery ticket yes that's all i got i know a little bit more but we can save it for next week perfect let's do that anything else nope uh, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Go, <laughs> go birds. Go football team. <laughs> go do the football. Go Eagles. 
And now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. (laughs)